lead story tonight is uh, the Biden interview, as I promoted last night. Um, so I knew that this was not going to be uh, anything, and it wasn't. And uh, it's George Stephanopoulos' fault because he's not a journalist. He shouldn't be doing these interviews. Disney, which owns ABC News, doesn't care one whit about bringing valid information to the American people. If it didn't, it wouldn't have a program like The View under the news banner. Remember, I worked at ABC for two years. I had two good years there. Um, I worked closely with Peter Jennings. I appeared on World News Tonight more than 100 times in two years, which if you ask any network correspondents, pretty good. Uh, I did a lot of work for ABC, specials, investigations, all of that. And I really learned a lot there, and I respected the corporation that I worked for. I didn't have any beef with ABC when I was there. The reason I left was because Inside Edition doubled my salary and put in my contract, I could cover any story in the entire world that I wanted to cover. I mean, I think that was a unique thing in any news person's contract, and therefore I did. I went to the Berlin Wall coming down, I went to Vietnam, I went to Thailand, I went to Australia, I went all over the place for Inside Edition. When I told Peter Jennings I was leaving, that was it. I said, Peter, I'm never going to get an opportunity like this to travel the world to cover stories that I select on the corporation's dime. He knew it. I mean, nobody gets that. And I was lucky enough to get it. So anyway, back to little Georgie Stephanopoulos. So. As you know, I mean, Joe Biden doesn't want to talk to the press. He is going to give uh, a press conference a week from tomorrow, March 25th. I don't know why they chose that day. Um, it'll be 64 days, um, and he'll give a press conference. That breaks the record in modern times of U.S. presidents avoiding the press. So Joe Biden is now number one. We're number one. Yay. Okay, so let me, I have Bernie Goldberg warming up in a bullpen, and I, I don't want to, I want to spend some time with him, not personally, because that, that would be ridiculous, but journalistic time uh, with Goldberg. So I'm not going to, I'm going to get there pretty quick, but I want to tell you a few things. When you do a presidential interview, and I've done five of them, all right, three with Obama, uh, I've done more than five. I mean, I, I did a bunch with Donald Trump. I did uh, some with uh, Bill Clinton, Jimmy Carter. Uh, when you do, when you interview, all right, a president, it's totally different because you got to respect the office. You can't call him a pinhead. You can't say you're a liar. Can't do that, all right, because that's disrespectful to the office. But you can challenge. But Georgie, he, he has no interest in that at all. The second thing is that you have to bring facts. You have to come in armed and dangerous with facts and anticipate what the interview subject, the president, is going to say. You know that Biden is not going to say, I screwed the border up. He's not. He's going to blame it on Trump or say it's not that bad. That's what he's going to do. Any journalist knows that. So you've got to be prepared for that, to counter that, if you really care about getting information honest information to the folks, with Georgie Stephanopoulos doesn't. And I'm not attacking him personally. He is a Democrat first, a show business GM guy second. 
Journalism is like 18th on the list. It doesn't care. And if Disney cared, they would have had somebody else do the interview. All right. So when you go in with facts, that's hard for people to refute. All right. And you got to back it up. You got to say this is what the Border Patrol says or whatever it may be. Okay. So the key fact is that the Border Patrol says publicly this is the worst invasion of migrants across the southern border in 20 years. That's a fact. Biden can't say, oh, it's not. All right. That's the fact, Jack or Joe. The second thing is the invasion began the day after Joe Biden won the presidency in November. Because before that, Donald Trump had said, you're not getting in to the migrants. If you come here, you're going to wait in Mexico until we figure out your request. And if we catch you, we're kicking you right back to Mexico. You can't stay here. You're not going to get on a bus and go anywhere. That's why the caravans and all the chaos that we saw in the beginning and middle of Trump administration stopped. Because the people from Central America weren't going to pay $5,000 to the drug cartels to get them here just to be kicked back. See, you don't If you're a migrant, you don't come to the border on your own. The border is controlled by drug cartels who will kill you, rape you, rob you. Okay, nobody just wanders on up from Guatemala. It's way too dangerous. You hire people to take you up here and then they pay the cartels for entree. That's how it works. Does Joe Biden know that? I don't know. I would have asked him to see what his frame of reference is. But not Georgie, because Georgie doesn't know and doesn't care. That's the key. Okay. So right now there are 15,000 kids, minors, in the custody of the U.S. federal government. So many, they have to move them up to Dallas, hundreds of miles away from the border, and put them in a convention center. That's Trump's fault? It's just, it's, when you hear Pelosi and these people say that, that should anger you. I mean, if a person lies to my face, it angers me and it should anger you. Remember Barney Frank. And if you don't remember, Google O'Reilly Barney Frank. All right. So let's get to the interview. I got five clips for you. The first one is Georgie asking about the border because his producers said to him, you got to open with the border because that's the big story. Roll it. Let's talk about the crisis at the border. Some heartbreaking scenes down there right now. And a lot of the migrants coming in saying they're coming in because you promised to make things better. It seems to be getting worse. 
by the day. Was it a mistake not to anticipate this surge? Well, first of all, there was a surge the last two years in, in, in 19 and 20, there was a surge as well. This um, one might be worse. No, well, it could be, but here's the deal. First of all, the idea that Joe Biden said come, because I, I heard the other day that they're, they're coming because they know I'm a nice guy and I won't do You're what Trump did. This. Yeah, well, here's the deal. They're not. The adults are being sent back, number one. Number two, what do you do with an unaccompanied child that comes to the border? Do you repeat what Trump did? You take them from their mothers? Okay, here's the deal. Nobody's taken anybody from their mothers because 75% of the minors coming over are between 15 and 17 years old and they're males. Now, Stephanopoulos should have known that. What do, you, what do you mean taking away the mothers? You think these are kindergarten kids walking across the Rio Grande River? Is that what you think? 75% are 15 to 17 years old and they're men. George, uh, uh, uh. so does Biden know that? I don't know what Biden knows. It's my job as a journalist to find out. I would say, Mr. President, do you, are you unaware that 75% are males in their late teens. They're not taking them away from their mothers. Mothers have nothing to do with this. Okay. Soundbite number two. Um, we are in the migrant zone still. I can say quite clearly, don't come. And what we're in the process of getting set up, and it's not going to take a whole long time, is to be able to apply for asylum in place. So don't leave your town or city or community. We're going to make sure we have facilities in those cities and towns run by DHS and also access with HHS, Health and Human Services, to say you can apply for asylum from where you are right now. Make your case. All right, so he says he's going to put um, American facilities in El Salvador and Honduras and Guatemala and all little towns so people can go there and apply for asylum. Maybe he will. I doubt it. That's a huge undertaking. But maybe he will. But why would people do that? Because as soon as they get here and put one foot on U.S. soil and say, I want asylum... Biden puts them on a bus wherever they want to go. He doesn't send them back. You say the word asylum, and it's the same word in Spanish as it is in English. You're here. You're here. And then five years later, maybe your case will be heard if they can even find you. All right. Now, Georgie should have known that. But why would anybody stay down there? That is the solution, by the way. But you'd have to have a wall and you'd have to do what the Trump people did, send them right back. You can't let them stay here. Who do you think's going on the buses everywhere? Those are asylum seekers, Mr. President. Do you not know that? I mean, you know, the mayor of Brownsville's jumping up and down going, we can't process these people. And the government's handing them 1,100 bucks when they get on that bus. Does Biden not know that? Georgie obviously doesn't know it. All right, third soundbite. Um, here's the deal. Can we can we refrain on that, Mr. President? Off camera, I might have told him that. Um, 
This is about Cuomo. Go. Here's my position. It's been my position since I wrote the Violence Against Women Act. A woman should be presumed to telling the truth and should not be scapegoated and become victimized by her coming forward. Number one. But there should be an investigation to determine whether what she says is true. That's what's going on now. And you've been very clear. If the investigation confirms the claims, he's gone. That's what I think happens. And by the way, it may very well be there could be a criminal prosecution that is attached to it. All right. Now, Biden had his own accusation. You all remember that? Press buried it. They deep-sixed it along with Hunter. But he had his own. Now, does Biden um, remember that? So, I'm sitting there. Do I ask him about that? Woman's name is Tara Reid. Do I ask him about that? If Stephanopoulos asked him, he would never again have access to Joe Biden. Any journalist who asked Biden about that face-to-face, blackballed forever. So that's a tough one. But when you open the door like that and say, hey, Governor Cuomo could be prosecuted, and you got your own, and by the way, everybody has their own. I mean, I don't know a powerful man. Most of it you don't hear about. But I don't know. I think it's the majority of powerful men in the country have been accused. Okay, next soundbite. Um... Tax rise. Go. Anybody making more than $400,000 will see a small to a significant tax increase. If you make less than $400,000, you won't see one single penny in additional federal tax. All right. A bunch of, you know, everybody's going to pay more on a tax rise because corporations, as we explained yesterday, are going to pass that along to consumer. Georgia. All right. Okay. Last one. Um, now, this is pretty funny. I'm going to lighten it up here. Go. Is Major out of the doghouse? Yeah, man. <laughs> the answer is yes. Major was a rescue pup. Major did not bite someone and penetrate the skin. And the dog's being trained now. Our trainer at home in Delaware, he was going home. I didn't banish him to home. Jill was going to be away for four days. I was going to be away for two, so we took him home. All right, now. This is going to surprise you. I would have asked that question. I wouldn't have said his major in the doghouse, but I would have said, I would have been the dog. I heard, he, I heard he bit President Trump or, you know, something like that. Because people want to know about the dog. And it's not bad to have a little levity at the end of an interview. So I'm not going to get on Georgie for that. Let's bring in Bernie uh, Goldberg. I was going to say Bernie Sanders. I'd love to have Bernie Sanders on the program. But Bernie Goldberg is with us from North Carolina. He is the purveyor of a very fine website that you would enjoy. So please check it out. Bernard Goldberg, one word, dot com. All right. So you heard me. Uh, am I being unfair to Stephanopoulos? But first, if you're going to have me as a guest on your program, the least you can do is get my name right. Today, it's Bernie O. Goldberg, okay? Oh, Goldberg, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay, let's let's just say, Bill, that nobody's going to confuse George Stephanopoulos with Mike Wallace, or or with you for that matter, Uh, because Mike Wallace, you or I, would have asked a few follow-up questions. Let me give you just two examples. 
the COVID relief bill and the border. On the COVID relief bill, President Biden correctly said most Americans approve of the relief bill. According to the polls, he's absolutely right. I would have said, and I think you would have said, and Mike would have said, uh, do you think that most Americans also approve of the part of the bill where you're giving taxpayer money to convicted felons who are still in prison? Do you think they know that that part passed without a single Republican vote and that Democrats wouldn't compromise on that? And by the way, while we're on the subject, Mr. President, why is that in the bill, a COVID relief bill in the first place? That's the COVID relief bill. On the border, the president is not taking responsibility, as you said, for anything. If anything, he's blaming the former president for, for what's going on on the border. Again, I would have said, I think you would have said, and Mike Wallace would have said, Mr. President, you announced to the whole world that if you come into this country legally or otherwise, you get free health care. You've announced that you won't build any more wall. You announced that you've instructed ICE not to deport anyone who's been charged with assault or drunk driving. You've also announced that you want to give amnesty not only to dreamers, but to immigrant farm workers who are alien immigrants. Do you really think, Mr. President, that that didn't encourage the, the, the surge of immigrants who are on our border right now as we speak? But he didn't do any of that. Joe Biden has a knack, Bill, for speaking like a moderate, but governing like a progressive leftist. And he gets away with that because of a compliant media and because of interviews like the one we saw today with George Stephanopoulos on ABC News. Do you know uh, George personally? I don't. I'm, I'm willing to accept that he's a nice guy. But as you correctly said, journalism is way down on the list of how he would describe himself or how any reasonable person would describe him. Okay. So I know him. Uh, and uh, he interviewed me a number of times. And he was pretty fair to me, I, I have to say. He never did cheap shots or anything like that. But when I watch him, I know that this isn't a guy who wants to ruffle any feathers ever. So my question then becomes, why would Disney, the parent company, not have, you know there are other people in the news organization at ABC who can conduct a hard news interview. Why wouldn't they say, no, this is the guy that's going to do it? Why? I think, I think you already answered that because they don't care. This is, not, this is not about journalism as far as a company like Disney is concerned. Disney's not concerned. They leave that to ABC News. The better question would be, why did the president of ABC News let George Stephanopoulos do the interview? And the answer is because the president of ABC News doesn't care either. This is about show business, Bill. This but is about- But when you have all the corporate media, so you and I came up in a system where there was at least some effort to glean information. All right. So yeah, we, we use it. We used a clip of Edward R. Murrow the other day, taking apart uh, Senator uh, McCarthy of Wisconsin in the 50s. So that was a system that you and I 
came up in. Now that system is gone. I, I agree with you. Corporations don't care at all. All of them. There's not one that wants to inform the American public. Not one. Totally agree. How much of a danger is that to the American people? That's a very good question. Because what we saw today and what we see in a compliant media isn't only about the media's reputation, which is shot through and through because of what we've been talking about for the past few minutes. It's also about the American people's right to know certain things. In, in a free country, we need information to make decisions. And if we're going to get interviews like the one we got today, where he was polite, he was civil, and that's all good, but he wasn't pressing anything, then the American people don't know why, for instance, on the COVID relief bill, why people who committed heinous crimes who are still in prison are getting money. That, that's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit, and yet we don't know the answer to that because it wasn't asked. So it isn't only about the reputation of journalists. It's also about the American people's right to know. Right. And corporations, I agree with you, none of them, none not ABC, NBC, and CBS, not the cable stations, they just them. want ratings, numbers, and the money that goes along with it. And if and, you do a coming interview, access. Their ratings, that's a success. And they want access. Last question, I get a lot of letters. Uh, from people who say, well, Stephanopoulos gave Biden the questions in advance uh, and he knew what was coming. The negotiation to do the interview, the interview happened in Darby, Pennsylvania, when yesterday um, Joe Biden went to visit some store uh, in Chester, Pennsylvania. And these are suburbs of Philadelphia. And then he segued over and he sat down with Stephanopoulos to do it. The negotiation between Biden's people and the producers, not Stephanopoulos himself, but the producers at ABC, always involve what are you going to ask and how are you going to ask it, right? Well, you're, you're touching on something that's very, very important. What they should have done before this interview started, but on air, on camera rather, what they should have done is said, Mr. President, let's just review the ground rules. We've made no promises on what we may ask you or what we may not ask you, if that was the case. They should, they should do what Oprah did with uh, Harry and, and Meghan. She, they, we didn't pay you. We didn't, we didn't give you any questions in advance. Nothing is out of bounds. Right. I was watching this, and I was wondering, apparently, what you were wondering. What deal did they make? What were the conditions? That should have been made public. But you know why it wasn't? It's, it's not sinister. You and I are journalists. Mike Wallace was a journalist. Ed Murrow was a journalist, although I'm not putting myself in that category. We, would, we, we think of these things. They don't think of these things anymore. They just don't. I know, and they got the interview and everybody wanted it. So, But I'm not going to accuse Stephanopoulos of giving him the questions or anything like that. I'm, I would not I'll, I'll, never do that. Bill, I'm, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying. I know. I'm saying I we should want everybody know to be clear on it. Work. Right. And by the way, I'm going to be writing a column on this very subject uh, for my website.
All right, Bernard Goldberg, one word, Bernard Goldberg. You don't have to put the O in, even though it's St. Patrick's Day. You won't get there if you do. It's bernardgoldberg.com. Hey, Bernie, thanks as always. Very uh, interesting. We'll talk to you soon, I hope. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. So you're writing me letters, what should I do, what should I do, what should I do? And I can't give you personal financial advice, all right? That's for these radio guys or whoever does that. I, I can't do that. If you're a concierge member to BillOReilly.com, I can tell you what I'm doing. That's allowed. But I want to bring in a guy that I've worked with for many years in the first part of my association with the Oxford Club. All I was was a subscriber, an anonymous subscriber. All right. And I got their newsletter and I did some of what they suggested and, and it worked out for me. So I bought a lifetime membership. And again, I didn't have any contact with anybody at Oxford. I just said it was pretty good. And then they got on to it. They're not real swift on the uptake. It took them like 12 years to figure out Ooh, that might be Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> and then they said, hey, would you interview uh, one of our top guys, Alex Green? And I said, sure. And the reason I did it because I don't do this stuff often, was because I wanted you to see what Green has to say. You see, if it worked for me, it could work for you. That's the only reason I did it. So here's Alex Green from Orlando, Florida. He is the chief investment strategist for the Oxford Club. Now, it's a pretty fair setup, would you say? I'd say it was. And th thank you for being a subscriber, Bill. <laughs> well, listen, it was for my benefit. I wasn't doing you any favors. Your advice worked for me might not work for somebody else. I always say you're going to get into the investment game, no matter what the investment is, you could lose. So always keep that in mind. Okay, so I'm getting these letters and people are basically saying they want me to be Karnak the Magnificent, the old Johnny Carson, and predict what's going to happen, and I can't. What do you see for the stock market the rest of 2021? Right. Well, uh I should begin by saying that not just me and not just you, but no one can accurately and consistently predict what the economy is going to do. It's just too complicated. There's too many moving parts. You've got interest rates and currencies and commodity prices and government policies and scientific innovations and business developments and so on. However, I will say that uh, Joe Biden, uh, while he inherited the pandemic, he also inherited some pretty positive things, including a Federal Reserve that's just pulling out all the stops. I mean, they're, they're buying up bonds to reduce 
uh, yields to stimulate growth. They're holding interest rates near zero, which makes it cheaper for consumers and businesses and governments to borrow. Um, and of course, the government has spent, uh, not just spent, but our deficit for the last 13 months, when you include the new $1.9 trillion relief package, um, is $6.4 trillion in additional debt. So when you have ultra low interest rates and trillions of dollars in deficit spending, obviously that's going to have a positive economic effect. And that's what the, the economy, uh, but investors sense is that when you look forward between the pandemic receding and the economy, economy reopening and all these consumers flush with cash because of the stimulus and because the savings rates at a 50 year high, it's very likely that the second half of this year is gonna be a barn burner because everyone's gonna get out and dine and travel and spend and make up for lost time. And so that's a near term plus for the economy and the stock market simply reflecting that reality. All right, let me stop you there. So a lot of people say the debt at 30 trillion is unsustainable. You can't sustain it. And that right. will down the road, nobody knows when, come yeah. back and make uh, the economy painful. How yes. would that unfold? We're, we're talking now um, conjecture, but how would that unfold? Well, you, you can look uh, throughout history and see that there have been countries like Greece and Argentina and Zimbabwe and going back to the Weimar Republic. When debt gets out of hand, it, it produces an economic catastrophe. However, that catastrophe isn't going to happen until investors uh, start to sense that the government can't actually finance its debt when it has trouble making uh, the interest payments on the debt, which could happen if interest rates normalize, I mean, we've had ultra low interest rates for so low. If interest rates would go to four or five percent on government debt, it means that the, the what the government would be paying annually would be trillions more in, in interest and it could have a, all kinds of negative ramifications. So the market's ignoring that now because investors look out six to nine months, not six to nine years. I'm not saying it would take that long, but no one, no one is, has any concerned that the U.S. government isn't going to be able to finance its its debt for the next year or two. So, okay. so that's is there, is there any in. way that any way that individuals can protect themselves from six years from now when all this comes comes home? Right. Well, it's, it's, it's probably too early to protect yourself from the debt that's mounting now. But ultimately, they need inflation hedges like Treasury, Treasury inflation protected securities or TIPS for short. Uh, gold is an inflation head, gold and silver, and gold equities, the companies that pull those out of the ground, natural resource companies of all kinds like oil and gas. Um, but uh, I, I think it's, it's important to, for all investors to remember, you want to have a diversified portfolio. You want to you have something in case the future is, is worse than people expect, but you want to also have something in case it's better than people expect. Yeah, because, I, I got it. I got it. So the commodities and the gold and the silver at least afford you some kind of protection if the worst happens. Now let's go into the taxes. There's no doubt that the Biden administration is going to raise taxes or try. Maybe the Republicans will be able to block it in the Senate. Maybe not. Um, the wealth tax is in play. Um, that's confiscation of private property. And people go, well, I want to hand money down to my parent, uh, my, my children and grandchildren. Uh, how do I do that? I say that everybody now with assets has to have a lawyer, a financial lawyer to help them navigate themselves 
because you're going to need to protect your money against the government. The government's coming for your money. Am I wrong? Right. Right. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. In fact, Joe Biden ran promising to raise individual tax rates, promising to raise the corporate tax rate, promising to raise taxes on dividends and capital gains. Uh, and it's it's no secret. I'm hoping the wealth tax doesn't happen because, Bill, I agree with you. It's flatly unconstitutional. The Fifth Amendment of the United States says plainly that to take private property for public uses requires uh, just compensation. So you, you can't just come in and take someone's money or assets because they have a lot of it. But you, your introduction was absolutely right, Bill. When, when the government raises taxes on corporations and affluent individuals, a company, anything that, that the government does to, to encourage business formation and expansion is positive for people because that means uh, if they have a tax cut, as the one Trump enacted, they have more money to expand, more money for research and development, more money for capital equipment, more money for hiring, more money for technology or for raising wages. Uh, and if you raise taxes, they have less money for all those things. And so people who think it's only right the government raise taxes on corporations, they need to understand, first of all, we had the highest corporate tax rate in the developed world at 35 percent. And under the Trump administration, they brought it down to 21 percent. And according to the Tax Foundation, the average uh, corporate tax rate in Europe, in the European Union, is 21.8%. So this, it's, it's not like we're giving money away to corporations. And if we raise corporate tax rates, we make U.S. corporations less globally competitive. How is that a good thing for American workers? They have less money to, for wages and equipment and technology. It's going to hurt. Dividend. And you think that Biden would know that after eight years of Obama? After eight years where the economy was more abundant, didn't do anything. Uh, no exactly. matter what kind of propaganda they would. All right, last question. So um, I'm in a position where I'm looking at a whole bunch of things to protect my assets and to be able to pass my assets down, not only to my children, but to charitable foundations and things like that. But this takes, it takes a little bit of money. You're going to have to spend it on advisors and lawyers and things like that. But it's, I think this is the key. You really have to know all of your options to protect yourself against your own government. Because these right. people, if they get more power, these progressives, they want socialism. Last word. Right. Well, you're right, Bill. When the, when the income tax was enacted, only the top 1% paid any tax at all. If we have a wealth tax enacted, maybe it's first billionaires, then millionaires, then the upper middle class. So to get their foot in the door and even begin taxing wealth is, I think, is, is a huge negative, not to mention unconstitutional. And raising interest rates on individuals and corporations is the wrong way to go about it. A better thing to do is to raise the tax base by growing the economy, simplifying the tax code, eliminating all the loopholes that people have to buy expensive tax shelters and lawyers. And because I don't any more than you, I don't want to see billionaires not paying any taxes. So yeah, let's just have a flat tax. Or a, a VAT, or a temporary VAT to overcome the COVID stuff. There are creative ways, but that's not, you know what that, these people don't want that, Alex. They want to punish no. the wealthy. They want it to punish. The, it takes away their power. They, they want right. to tweak the tax code so that they can uh, use their power and get reelected too. Yeah, because the more money you have, the more freedom you have, the more uh, personal power you have. They don't want that. And that's what's going on. Alex Green. Uh, from the Oxford Club. Uh, I talked with Alex recently about the future of, uh, of technology and how that's going to uh, change the stock market and all that. So you might want to check all that out. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. 
Let's bring in Jessica Vaughn. She's coming up from South Carolina. She's the director of policy studies at the Center for Immigration Studies. Why are the kids coming in? Why are so many unattended children streaming across the border, Jessica? They're coming now because they believe, uh, with good reason, that if they come now, they will be allowed into the United States for an indefinitely, uh, because that is what has happened to thousands of people before them. And so that is why they are have been coming lately, because Joe Biden broadcast that he was going to do away with Trump's policies at the border that had put a stop to the previous surge of people. And not only would he let people in, especially kids and families coming with kids, but also that he intends to pass with his allies, the Democrats in Congress, massive amnesty bills so that they and their families will be able to be on a path to citizenship. That's why they're coming now. Uh, that And, you know, they're not uh, stupid. They're coming because they realistically expect to be able to stay, which they who, have who been. Who told and, them all this? They're not zeroed in. These kids aren't zeroed in on cable news or anything like that. They don't read the newspapers. Most of them are 15, 16 years old. Who told them all this? Their friends and family members who are already here, who made it through, the smuggling organizations tell them this, the local media in their home countries uh, broadcast what Joe Biden himself said during the campaign and since he became president. That so so going people, to media in Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Panama, they want their people to come to the United States? They, they're encouraging that? No, I think that that well, the smugglers certainly do because they want the business, but they simply report on what's going on in the United States. And Joe Biden was making speeches and, and other Democrats have been making speeches about the need to reverse Trump's border policies and the need to have a massive amnesty. So that's what they're covering and people get the message. But again, they're hearing from their friends and family who are already here saying now is the time to come. Everybody's got a cell phone. Um, your Center for Immigration Studies is basically uh, an analytic operation, okay? So many people believe, and I am one of them, the Democratic Party wants open borders so they can flood the zone with foreign nationals. And when they are eventually legalized, as Joe Biden wants to do, um, give them amnesty, then they'll be able to vote Democrat. Uh, most of them will vote that way because Democrats are the party of entitlement. Is that what this is really all about? That is certainly part of it for Democratic politicians, but also uh, a lot of Democrats believe that immigration is just a free lunch, that, that there are no downsides to it whatsoever, that everyone will become assimilated magically and become contributing members of American society. And I think that does happen to a great extent with our immigration policy. But when we have overwhelming numbers of people who are coming, who lack the education and skills to be self-sufficient once they get here, that's not gonna happen. Instead, this is gonna be a massive burden on taxpayers because of the fact that people who are coming are, are, are not educated, or at least not as educated as Americans are on average. And so it's it's going to be very costly, but they definitely are in it for the votes as well. There's no question. Okay. Last question for you. I don't see any reversal 
it's impossible for the Biden administration to go back on. You know, they can't get tough on the border. They can't stop it all. They can't say we're not going to give them amnesty. They can't do any of that. So how bad do you think it's going to get in the next couple of years? Well, I, I do think it is going to get much worse. Um, what could happen is that Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries could decide to enforce their own borders because after all, enriching the criminal cartels is not good for them either. I think different states within the United States and localities are gonna push back on this. And I think that there will be enough Democrats in Congress who have to get reelected in 2022 who realize that their own job is at risk if they continue to pursue this mass amnesty open borders agenda. But we're going to there are going to be a few things that pass Congress and we're not going to see much immigration enforcement in the interior. And so we're going to see some public safety disasters happen before uh, Common sense prevails well, and, and this is shut down. Unless the people rise up. And I mean, the immigrants, too, the legal immigrants. I mean, I don't know if they want this um, unless they rise Not up. Nothing. Nothing is going to happen. Jessica, thanks very much. We really appreciate your expertise. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So here's the uh, final thought of the day. I urge the urchins to have personal discipline, which is not easy for urchins. By nature, they're not disciplined. We got to teach them that. So, for example, no clothes on the floor. No. Who do you think is going to pick them up? I'm not picking them up. So clothes don't get thrown on the floor. When they get up, within a half an hour, got to make your bed. Got to make the bed because your appearance, personal and in your room, in your space, should be neat. And that brings me to personal appearance. Now, a lot of times I get up, I don't want to shave. Shaving's not fun, but I do every day because I looked bad in a beard. When I was younger, it grew in red. I looked like a Viking, and it wasn't even a big red beard. It was kind of patchy, and now it'd be gray. All right, so I'm not going to have a beard. But sometimes, you know, you need a little stubble. You know what's going on. You see the guys with the stubble. No. Every day I shave. All right, every day I groom it. And I put on clothes that are neat. That's all. No sweatpants, no leisure suits. Neat. So when I go out, even when I walk to Terra Dog, my appearance is okay. That's a personal discipline. Now, I can tell, all right, within 30 seconds of meeting somebody, what their level of personal discipline is just by their appearance. I look and see how they're groomed, what footwear, the footwear clean, you know, what the clothes. Now, I'm not judging them. I'm like Sherlock Holmes. The old Sherlock Holmes movie is the best. Basil Rathbone, love them. You look at somebody and you can tell a lot about them. But personal discipline often means the difference between success and failure. All right. 
I'm telling you, if you go for a job interview or you go and you're trying to do any transaction, the better you look, the more, um, the better chance you have of succeeding in whatever the transaction is. It's a psychological thing. So personal disrepute, but it has to be taught. If I see some sloppy, dirty person, yeah, I got a problem there. Some kind of problem. Maybe a bad upbringing. Maybe the parents don't care. Maybe they're just lazy. But whatever it is, you know. So personal discipline, very important in this country in order to succeed on a professional level and on a personal level. Thank you for watching us. We'll see you soon.